This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, happy Valentine's Day Eve to you. That's very sweet of you, Josh. Now, <laughs> I guess that does beg the question, if you could be the Valentine of any Premier League player, who would it be? Ah, uh, Santi Cazorla, always. You always want to be with somebody who's shorter than you. So I think Santi Cazorla right. is, is a good pick. I'll take him too. <laughs> So uh, this podcast is going to be interesting because we've been having some connectivity issues because of it's very windy outside. So I'm, I'm imagining, Josh, that we're podcasting live from like the center circle of Britannia Stadium. That's right. It's a it's a it's a wet and windy Monday night in Stoke. Yeah, as a record. So we'll see if the always cheaters can get it done on a on a wet and windy day in Stoke. Exactly. So, Brandon, uh, game week twenty five in the books, and yet again we have more uh, more FA Cup fixtures coming up. We have we have Champions League games coming up. We have a lot of stuff that is not the English Premier League coming up over the next fortnight. Uh, so it's kind of an unusual episode for us. Uh, you know, we don't we, we wanted to we wanted to get something out this week. Next week we'll we'll preview game week twenty six. Uh, so we're going to kind of. Um, it's kind of a grab bag this week. <laughs> we're going to freestyle. Yeah, it's like a lot of topics that we that we put off or, or questions that we got from Twitter. We're going to we're going to discuss in this week's episode, um, and uh, we're also going to talk about the Hell Cheater Super League a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about our weeks, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, and stay tuned. At the end of the episode, we're going to make some upset predictions for the FA Cup fixtures coming up. So that'll, yeah. that'll that'll give us all a. It's like the season. It's like the series finale of Young Pope. It'll give you a reason to tune in next week. Yeah, and I'm really rooting for at least one upset because I don't know that I. I don't know if I can like mentally handle a Premier League game week that has three fixtures, <laughs> like only six teams. Like we're all gonna have to triple up on Swansea. It's gonna be it's gonna be gross. <laughs> it will be it will be gross. <laughs> My Tom Carroll pickup though is gonna be worth a real mint. I'm guessing. I want to see I want to see him rise all the way up to four point three million pounds. 
So, Brandon, Davy Pointless Polls said, uh, surprise everyone and don't mention Macaulay's illegal goal theft. And yet, I can't do that, Brandon, because I lost our head-to-head this game week because of the Macaulay goal it, that wasn't. It, it was madness. It was true madness. Now, I'm, we're, all, we're all just regular FPL managers. Reality sort of doesn't need to jive with our perception of our FPL team. So typically what that means is if I have Macaulay on my team, which I do, I see he gets a goal wrongly attributed to him, I should be happy. But this was one of those rare instances where I'm not happy. I feel dirty. Uh, (laughs) I am still team Johnny Evans on this one, even though, yeah, I did win my head-to-head because of this Macaulay goal. I have not seen any thing even close to a definitive uh, uh, replay showing that Macaulay had anything to do with that goal. I just don't understand. I don't know if it's because more people are paying more attention, there are more camera angles or what, but I feel like every week this season we have some like opta decision that we all find kind of egregious that we're all talking about afterwards. I mean, do you remember this in earlier seasons? I don't remember spending almost every podcast talking about some crazy, you know, <laughs> goal that was misattributed to somebody. Well, or, the closest uh, the closest we got was I think last year Lukaku had a few weird, weirdly attributed assists. But at least in those situations, you could see you could see the logic in the decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Or right. you could see a path to that logic, even if you didn't see the logic at all. But now I feel West Brom has a bit of a, of a reputation where this is concerned, because I do remember having Craig Dawson a couple seasons ago when he committed a red card offense. But I think it was Macaulay who ended up getting sent off instead. Right. So and they, think, they corrected it later, but I think it was too late for the points to change or something. Yeah, I, I think it's I think this. So I think this is the second time I have benefited from uh, Gareth McCauley. <laughs> I have heard some like conspiracy theorists like floating out there this idea that that they're doing this for highly owned players or something like that. That like if it's if it's fifty fifty they lean towards the player that has a higher ownership. And I well, don't think that's the case at all. I, I think that they are just you know, it can't, it's it can't strange. Be. They're 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 trying to do the right thing. I, I, it's not like they have like some goal. Like it's not like like someone at Opta has like a bet that Gareth McCauley is going to have seven goals this year or something like that. Yeah, and I don't. It's not an FPL conspiracy because these stats come from Opta, and though Opta right. stats feed out to the FPL game, the Opta is it's just trying to keep his and an historical record for this game and. <laughs> I, I can't see how they would be in cahoots with the FPL. So maybe yeah. uh, it does know. seem like intent is sometimes it's I, I'm not sure what the point of like, you know, particularly things that get called own goals where, you know, a player has a shot that seems like it's probably on target anyway, but it gets deflected. You know, even even Aguero today had a had a goal that was that was that was later corrected to an own goal by Tyra Minks. But I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know. Sterling plays the ball in Aguero, you know, kicks that ball into the net. We don't know that Tyrone Mings directed it away from the hands of the goalkeeper. Right. I mean, it might've gone in anyway. So I'm not sure in that case, why that isn't an Aguero goal, you know, just because the direction changed. This it feels is, like it was still an on-target shot. It's clearly a case of what we often discuss in terms of the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. And this is a case of originalism versus, um, right, right. I guess, interpreting the letter of the law and, you know, 
it, it's going to take Opta getting away from this crazy originalism of what the Constitution says. And let's 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 get down to the heart of what a, what a goal actually is in the year 2017. Not just yes. what our founding thought found founding fathers thought it was. So, Brandon, how was your game week in the end? Uh, in the end, I think it was okay. I, I ended up with 69 points, and yeah, the the Macaulay goal and and bonus point really rounded it out. But uh, generally, a good showing. Uh, Robles with seven points. Cedric Suarez, who was just like a disaster of a transfer for the longest time, has come pretty good the last three weeks. He had that 12-point mm-hmm. game a couple weeks ago, and now uh, he's on seven. But I think that's Cedric Suarez's last action in my squad. Okay. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Southampton in terms of Gabbiadini. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the issue with Southampton is is they probably have two blanks coming up in quick succession in 28-6 and 28. Right, um, right. And captain uh, Alexis Sanchez, uh, you, you and I both went with that captain. We played it safe and went against the whole like first fixture of the game week rule that you you right. shouldn't captain a, a player in the earliest yeah. kickoff. It was just too it was too good of a fixture. I mean, it was, and and he has such a knack for getting the kind of. I mean, how many times have I been on the other side of this earlier this season when I didn't have Sanchez and he's, he's you know, cruising along, he's on like, he picks up a yellow card, you yeah. know, and suddenly yep. he's on like six points, no bonus. And then right at the end, you know, snags one more goal, picks up all three bonus points. Uh, so, yeah, so 15 points doubled. Uh, great start of the game week. Yeah. Um, so how about you? I mean, 50, I, I got I have all green arrows except for one, the AC uh, always cheating showstoppers head to head league uh, ah, knocked, okay. knocked down to uh, 25th place. Let's see who actually ah. who actually beat me this game week. Um, shout out to Andrzej Stepanovich, the Bosnian mm. boys who uh, beat me on by two points. Yeah, I actually won my showstoppers uh, this week. So I'm in, I'm in 22nd in that. Um, overall, you feel like it was a, I mean, you were above the league, the, uh, the FPL average 47 points. Yeah. I finished on 63, uh, which, uh, I, I have green arrows pretty much across the board too. I, I lost almost all of my head to heads actually, which is a little frustrating because I'm, I'm trying to focus on the heads to, to the extent that you can focus on the head to heads. You really can't. I mean, maybe you don't burn four points that game week if you're playing someone particularly tough, but, um, you know, but I, it's not, not a good week in the head to heads, but, um, Head-to-heads are a funny thing. I feel like our our private head-to-head league that we have with our uh, our eighteen fellow uh, mm-hmm. neighborhood managers, it, it, there are a couple of managers who are usually the weakest players in the league, and they're always the ones that you lose to in head-to-head. I wonder right, if any right. uh, any other listeners out there have this experience where in your <laughs> mini leagues you always lose to the worst. You catch the worst player on their best week. It, it, right. Yeah. I mean, it's not just uh, me, is it? Uh, no, no, I, I definitely feel the same way. Uh, but overall, I've, I think I picked up about 300,000 spots in overall rank. So I'm, I'm starting to, you know, I had a really rough run for a few weeks there. So even just getting green arrows pretty much across the board, that was a good feeling. Uh, I transferred in Victor Moses, which was a transfer that I was a little, um, I just couldn't decide what to do this game week. I was, the Phil Jones thing was frustrating and I thought about making a defensive transfer, uh, but in the end, I just thought that Moses made the most sense because I, I just needed someone who could deliver some points in my midfield. Um, I mean, I have Erickson and Sanchez, but then just I just had two holes there, and uh, 
So, and, and with Stanislaus not playing now, I kind of have this new problem that I have to solve. <laughs> uh, but Moses, I just thought it was like a little bit of differential. And uh, so I picked up an assist from him. I feel um, like he's good. And, what is he, 5.6 <laughs> or thereabouts? I feel like he's, he is really decent value at a lower price point. Yeah, 5.6. And, you know, I thought he might, I thought he might do well um, against Burnley. And, uh, and then, you know, they're home to Swansea next game week. So uh, it felt like, you know, it was like a little bit of a punt. But, um, you know, i certainly happy with five points off the bat. I mean, just at that price point, that's that's about the, the kind of return you'd want. I so. guess if, if Victor Moses were playing the way he's playing on any other team, I mean, with Chelsea, you've got the likes of Hazard and Costa and any name your defender. I think people are a little shy to bring Moses in because there are other bigger point getters at Chelsea. Right. But if you've got right. a Chelsea spot that you can fill your in in your side, right? It's, it, it is worth a so punt. I've pretty much written off Eden Hazard yeah. uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, so I, I've just I've been on and off the Hazard train enough. This I mean, maybe okay, maybe a double game week or something like that. But I think otherwise Hazard's not coming in. So I thought I could safely put Moses into that midfield spot. Yeah, I mean, the Chelsea has an amazing run of fixtures coming up. Swansea, West Ham, Watford, Stoke, Crystal Palace. And I can see why people are getting really excited about uh, Hazard's wonder goal against Arsenal. But I agree. It's got to be a double game week to take a chance on him. Yeah, so once again, uh, you had Kapu on your team. Did you think about bringing in Morrison? Was that was that on the docket? Yeah, I talked a little bit about James Morrison in last week's podcast. Um I just do I regret it? I th- was thinking about this uh, after Morrison clocked that assist. I started to sort of weigh the level of regret, and ultimately, because I banked a transfer this week, so and I have two frees, and and you know what's what's better than having two frees going into mm. uh, a a break weekend? True, a lot, true. a lot can change, and I think if. If we weren't having a break this coming weekend, I would be a little salty about not making that Morrison move. You missed a little a little price rise because it's up to four point seven now. Yeah, but he's still. I mean, they West Brom have a couple of great fixtures coming up, and he plays really far forward. Mm-hmm. No blank in game week twenty eight. Yeah, I mean, I could still do it, um, and I'm not gonna. I can still afford the kaput to. James Morrison transfer, but then now now I'm on that bubble of am I chasing Morrison points? And then mm-hmm. it's the I put just put my face in my palms because I'm actually chasing James Morrison points. Right, right. But this is this is like one of the, the greatest regret I have this season is I am now in a position where I'm having to change, you know, players who are before who are between four point five and five million. And these are the only guys I'm able to interchange in my team at this point. Like I, my team value is not allowing for a lot of flexibility. I mean, Vic, Victor Moses is out of my reach. I mean, someone like Deli Alley. I mean, are you? I mean, you could turn Alley into Lalana or something like that. I mean, it's a very frustrating run for these uh, these these Spurs midfielders. I really thought that uh, we'd, we'd see more from these guys. Yeah, Deli Alley is. Uh, I, they still have they still have an amazing run of fixtures. I'm going to keep the faith with Deli Ali. Um, yeah, the him changing him to Lalana, who seems to be, you know, he's he's like an injury doubt week in week out. I'm not not sure right. about him. I could see as soon as these blank game weeks clear up, 
trying to scooch some money around to turn Ali into Sadio Mane, who, mm-hmm. I mean, my God, he 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 was a god among men. Yeah, that destroyed Spurs. Yeah, it was it was a bloodbath and. But still, I, I, I mean, I guess every podcast has been debating what's going on with Spurs right now and how they're really missing Danny Rose and what he brings to that for you know their best formation or their best eleven. Right. And if I, I think I, I would stick with Ali until we we know if Danny Rose is coming back because it looks like he could be healthy mm-hmm. uh, when we get back for game week twenty six. And if that's the case, then Spurs could be back to their high flying. High flying best, and you'll be. It's happy. funny because it was always Dembele back in the day. Remember, it was always yeah. you know Kane, when, when Dembele plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Brian. Well, let's let's enough about our teams. Uh, I mean, I, I'm banking at like a decent game week. I'm going into two weeks off feeling okay about things. I don't know what my moves are going to be yet. I mean, there's at least a chance I'll end up having to burn four. So yeah, going into game week 26, we have a few teams that aren't playing, and so it creates. A little bit of a headache. I mean, I, you know, the the biggest headache are with, um, you know, Arsenal players and Man United players, and you know what to do with those. You know, with with, you know, really what to do with Ibra and Sanchez, right? More than anything else. Yeah, and I'm tr- I, I, I'm just trying to weigh like, can I bench both of them? I know I was, I was threatening last week that I could transfer Alexis Sanchez, and I'm still very tempted. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you need that that value, I need that value, and it's two blanks in a row. Um, assuming they they win their FA Cup match, and then it's Liverpool in between. And the way Liverpool looked against Spurs, and the way Arsenal just looked generally, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's foolish to bet against Alexis Sanchez, but uh, I, it's a t- it's a tough call. The, the, what, what's giving me pause is that the Alexis to Costa move is so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, just it, Wait, it, you, not, you not, e- Ibra, yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. yeah. The Ibra to Costa move is so easy, and you know they play they play Swansea at home, freeze of a million. It just it, like it's such a simple move that solves so many problems for me that it's really. It, and then I can I can take that million and I can turn Phil Jones into Leighton Baines or something like that, you know, and double up on uh, on uh, the Everton defense for the next few game weeks yeah. and. Uh, just that seems like such an easy solution to, to some of the problems that I'm having. So um, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Um, I mean, an Everton defensive double up seems a little risky because I, I don't really trust that defense. No. Uh, but you'd be hoping that you, that you would get enough attacking points from both of those guys that it wouldn't. I mean, yeah. Baines actually looked pretty good from an attacking perspective in this in the the Middlesbrough game as well. Um, Excellent pronunciation of Middlesbrough. By the I way. tried. Yeah, I middle Middlesbrough. I think, right? It's Good. Like with the yeah. Z, Middlesbrough. I'm going to isolate that audio that you just said, and we will uh, overlay that <laughs> over any time we mention yeah. the burger, and we'll be fine. Uh, so, I, uh, yeah, Sanchez, I, I still think I'm going to keep, uh, but I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah. Uh, the one the one uh, loophole I have with Alexis is that I don't, I don't have any value tied up in him right now. I bought him at 11.8, you know, like 10 weeks ago. And he's dropped suddenly from 11.9 back to 11.8. So I have no money tied up in him. I could swap yeah. him out and, and get him back. It wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be an issue except you're not going to have that much money left. I mean, like once you once you free up Alexis Sanchez, all that money is going to get redistributed, you know. And so it's not like you're suddenly going to be able to just do a like for like. To bring it back in, you're probably going to have to burn four or – 
or do it over the over the space of two or three game weeks or something. Are you, you know? telling me that the FPL won't let me set up an Alexis Sanchez trust in which I uh, take my eleven point eight million, I put it aside yeah. in a special lockbox, and uh, the FPL uh, lets it accrue interest, you know, well, for three weeks. The one thing I will say, and again, we're, we're getting like totally scattered here, and let's let's get to the uh, Hail Cheater Super League in a second uh, before we get you know really into into the into the weeds here. But you know, wild cards are definitely on the table after game week twenty six. Would you say? I don't know. Maybe not game week twenty six. At least, at uh, least, game, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe game week. I guess after game week twenty eight, right? That's when they're really. I mean, unless like unless we see like a, a you know a tidal wave of upsets uh, this weekend. Yeah. So exactly. If if it turns out that there are only three fixtures in game week twenty eight, then I could I could see a case to be made to just completely dismantle your team over the next two game weeks to just load up on whatever six teams are playing right. and then wild right. card out of game week 28 and right. and hope and pray that some double game weeks have been at least alluded to if not announced by then right and even, and it wouldn't even necessarily matter I mean, we'll know, for example that you know if Arsenal have two if they miss two fixtures then they'll have two double game weeks right so That's you true. can just triple up on those players and uh, you can do the same thing with man United players and and then and then you're just loaded up and you're ready to to you're ready when the double game weeks come. Josh, people aren't used to hearing this much strategy this early on in the <laughs> podcast. Let's talk about the Hail Cheaters Super League. Um, uh, we'll start as we as we've as, as we've now established as a tradition, starting from tenth place, working up to number one. Uh, you want to take it this week, Josh? I uh, know. You know, I'm still I'm still recovering from the cold, so I, I don't think I can do it without coughing through like half these names. Uh, laid up with injury, Josh is. So uh, okay, <laughs> real quick. Starting at ten, we have Akuna Wanmata, Eddie Pereo's team scored fifty six points on the game week. Ninth place, the Hebrew Hammer, Mosh Davidovich. Uh, eighth place, A team, Harshan Batawala, still slipping down the ranks. Former number one is down in eighth place. Seventh, it's Bricklayers, Cyril Anders' squad. In sixth place, it's David Fellheim's The Cuddly Koalas. Clichy's Clean Sheets moving up to fifth place, Fabio Borges' squad. In fourth place, it's Kieran McArdle's The Wire, uh, who mirrored my, my point, 69. Well done, Kieran. Great minds. Think alike. Third place, it's Jake Kenyard's team, Laro. Second place, uh, still Barthwatha Helgneson holding in there at second place is Reykjavik runners squad, even though he had a really low point total of uh, 45. Mm-hmm. Bart, Bart, we know you can do better than that. And uh, in first place, sticking it out for another week, it's Patrick Connolly and his Eat the Kapoo. Totally well done, uh, 1,541 points on the week. Very impressive. A uh, couple other leagues, uh, just quickly. The uh, AZ Showstoppers, which we don't talk about, uh, perhaps not as often as we should. Uh, the uh, the head to head league that we started after the beginning of the season. We do some Facebook updates, but yeah, um, yeah. I guess for for all the listeners, the Showstoppers head to head league like kind of immediately got walled off, walled off. So you know we don't want to run into space. <laughs> <laughs> but just quickly, uh, the top three: uh, Luke Wanders, uh, Pinky, and De Bruyne is in first. Uh, Arvidas Jabronis, William Brindley is in second, and uh, Europa Dope Ian Stimson is in third. So yes. uh, well done to you three. 
a special shout out to Jeff Petter, who was in first place and then dipped down to fourth after taking an L this uh, week. But don't feel too bad because Jeff Petter is second in the AC second half league. Uh, Cyril Anders is uh, still in first and uh, Andrew Pop is in third in that league. So uh, well done to the second half leaguers. And uh, how, do still, the, uh, how do I get into the? How do I get into the second half league, Josh? <laughs> still go to the Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Uh, we continue to get new pledges, and uh, it's really, really pretty awesome. And uh, we've gotten a lot of nice notes. And uh, Brian and I have actually already been talking about what we're going to do for the next, uh, you know, exclusive podcast. We did one. Um, we did a, a Patreon exclusive uh, right at the start of the second half of the season, and uh, we're planning to do another one um, sometime in the next couple of weeks. So. Um, we will update you guys on that. Uh, but yeah, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can find what out. What happened more. with the Suicide League this uh, week? Everyone won. So we are still at oh uh, three people in the Suicide League. <laughs> yeah, so uh, update on that to come. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, it was generally, I think, a good week for everyone if you made the right captain choice, which is, you know, never, never the easiest thing to do. Uh, but related to that, we had a few meltdowns on the always cheating social media feeds. Um, Dion says, I captain Jesus and I might cry. I mean, that we, I think everyone uh, kind of thought, well, Bournemouth is just completely woeful in defense. City seemed like a great team to captain going into this game week. And you just cannot legislate for these injuries that happen to players. I do think, yeah. I think that if if he had not gone down injured, there's a very good chance he would have scored once or twice, and it's just uh, just bad luck. Uh, TJ also tweeted at us saying, "Captain Delonzo, that's about it." And man, yeah. I mean, I would have I would have bet money on a clean sheet for uh, Chelsea against Burnley, but this it's just a gamble. have you ever have you ever captained a defensive player? No. in all your years of playing, no, I haven't. I haven't. I I I don't I think have I have games. either. I'm a coward. Yeah. Neither, <laughs> even like in a game week thirty-eight where everything's locked up, I don't think I'd do it. Uh, we have one more melt meltdown here, Josh. Uh, Fat Gorilla says uh, I've dropped one hundred and eighty k in two weeks. Save me. Uh, now I don't know if he's I don't know if he's talking about you know kilograms or if he's talking about uh, <laughs> yeah, places been, in the league. He's, he's been cursed thinner. It's <laughs> a thinner esque curse. <laughs> uh, well, we can't save you, Fat Gorilla, because much like Uatu the Watcher, our role is to observe and uh, possibly uh, point out trouble on the horizon. It's true. Do you even get that reference, Brandon? Do you know who Uatu the Watcher is? I mean, no. Is that an X Men thing? It's a Fantastic Four thing. So okay. it's, it's, a, it's a Marvel Universe thing, generally. I think that's fantastic. I think you don't know a, Watu is a big bald guy who lives on the moon. <laughs> yeah, somehow <laughs> I'm sure if you showed me a picture of Uatu, I'd I'd remember okay. who, who him. Okay, I've never been a comics guy. I yeah, I, I read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for for a few months, and that was about it. I have tried to sell you on Marvel Unlimited a couple times, and it hasn't really hasn't really worked. I mean, there's yeah. Okay, we will we could go down a, yeah. a comic book. Yeah, exactly. Well, but I think we. Should I'll just take, say it's the perfect late night reading. If it's like if it's like one a.m. and you can't sleep, reading some comics on your iPad is the perfect thing to do. A big bald guy who lives on the moon. <laughs> I think that's a perfect segue to a break, and then we'll come back and we're going to take some listener questions. All right, sounds good. Same old podcast, always cheating. 
Brandon, we're on to the second half of the podcast. Second half of the podcast this week is a grab bag of topics. Uh, first topic is Jesus is injured. Low Tecker says, is it bad that I'm glad Jesus is injured? Am I going to hell? <laughs> you should never take uh, joy, Low Techers, and other people's pain. Uh, but I don't think I, you're going to hell, because, yeah. frankly, because I don't believe in hell. So, What, what I will say, you're Jewish, right? <laughs> <laughs> one thing, With a name like will, Kelly, you know it. <laughs> one thing I will say is, I, I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't totally devastated. It's kind of like cigarettes in the same, it's the same way. I, I feel like a lot of times this, game, this season I have captained somebody and they've gone off and every other captain choice has also done really well. And I didn't really have a chance to like climb up the ranks at all. Yeah. So I was for once I was glad to captain a player who did very well just for my overall rank for the sake of my own self-esteem. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So so low techers, I, I'm with you actually. I feel a little bad about about being happy that Jesus uh, was injured. I I feel a little fortunate too about the Sigurdsson captaincy because the way Swansea looked against Leicester City that first half, you would have assumed in the second half that there would be more goals for the yeah, Swans. Great ass. That that assist was fantastic. Oh, it was so good. I think so Tom Carroll is still remains an interesting prospect. He's you know, no blanks, he's very cheap. And uh, he had a lot of touches in the midfield. He also had a lot of errant passes. He was making yeah. a lot of mistakes. He was showing he's just a really young player, a really, a really great but really young player. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what Swansea looks like when Tom Carroll has a really great game because I think yeah. him linking with uh, Sigurdsson a little bit like they did on that um, Olsen goal, they, they could, they could. Do be you have any? Again. Do you have any thoughts on Marez's Mishu like fall from, from Grace? <laughs> yeah. We are seeing we are seeing Mishu too, aren't we? Yeah, I guess I it is Mishu too. Uh, <laughs> the reckoning. Yeah. Um. I I have to apologize for a few things. I like totally got Sunday my predictions of Sunday fixtures completely wrong. Like I thought Lester would come up and and put up a draw worthy fight against Swansea, but they absolutely capitulated i know they may have to fire uh, ranieri which is so sad but it, I, sad. it might have to happen i mean right this happened with Mourinho last year you know where they didn't want to do it but i mean how many games can you lose in a row i never thought i'd say that uh lester would regret selling jeffrey schlup but i think there is a schlup size hole in that lester city squad right now. i know it's it, the, the defense is really uh, it looks so bad i mean no that that whole back line needs to be replaced. I mean, even Christian Fuchs, who who I really like, uh, I don't did any drink water too. I mean, I don't, I don't know what is it. Can't just be Conte, can it? I mean, I know this has nothing to do with fantasy, really now, but it can't just be. It can't just be that they lost Conte, right? There's got to well, be like some. I don't see something missing there. I don't see why it can't just be Conte because it's clear there's no strength in that midfield. Mark Albrighton is totally invisible. Uh, but yeah, Drinkwater was still the guy who was playing all of those Hollywood balls to Jamie Vardy. And right. Jamie Vardy, you know, obviously, as we all know, scored 11 goals in consecutive matches. And he cannot hit the side of a barn right now. Like he had a I couple know. of chances against Swansea and just couldn't. There's no you know, Salmini is the only guy who seems like capable of scoring. Yeah, and Mahrez did play a really nice through ball in to Slamini. There was that one moment for Mahrez. But yeah, I they just they need um they just 
they may need a new manager to come in there and just shake up the lineup and, and get the most out of some of those younger players. Yeah. Uh, FPL Cat says, what will be the optimal time to triple captain and on whom will be best to use it? That's just a bit early still. It is early, but I think I think you were right mentioning earlier, Josh, keeping an eye on uh, who's going to blank in game week 28. Because if it is, oh, we're having a, a blank in 26 for Arsenal, and they could blank again. And you know, well, there'll be at least one double game week for Alexis Sanchez. And I triple captained Alexis Sanchez last season, and I think I got three goals out of him. Uh, mm-hmm. Perfect candidate right there. Yeah, uh, that was an amazing game week. I, I, I triple captained Aguera that same game week, although I had a, I had Alexis on my team as well. And I think the average score was like 152 or something like that that game week. Yeah, Kat, definitely save the triple captain for a double game week. And you want to go for like a proven striker or attacking midfielder. Um, I mean, who else do I think would be? I, it's, it, too, it's too early to tell. I would look at a team like Spurs. If Spurs are able to get back into gear, uh, Harry Kane or Deli Ali would be good options. I mean, Kate Kane being on penalties, you, you like somebody on penalties, and now Alexis Sanchez is even more appealing now that he's taking all these penalties. Is right. That is even right. more of an uh, assurance. I mean, the, the, the easy answer is just Alexis Sanchez at some point. Yeah. Right. God. He never he plays ninety minutes every game. Yeah. Uh, you know, healthy or not. All right, Trevor Ingerson, our good friend T-Dog, uh, sends us a message. If you could go back to the beginning of the season, what advice would you give yourself for this season? Hashtag cheaters never learn. All right, Josh, so you're going back to, to early, mid-August, even even late August, after mm-hmm. a couple of game weeks. What are you thinking? So the mistake that I make at the start of a lot of these seasons is, you know, we're, you know, Brandon, we're, we're, we're on Twitter and Facebook and reading websites and, you know, picking up all this content and thinking about, you know, players to bring in. And I think sometimes that we're so in this world that we, that we, that at least I take this thinking to be mainstream thinking that this is how every, all 4 million managers are thinking about the game Uh as opposed to it just being a handful of three to 5,000 people, right? Like a, it's a small group of people. <laughs> people who, who are, think who are, about nothing but FPL and Marvel Unlimited subscriptions. But who are, who are very smart. And these player, these people are not the opposition. These are people who I should be listening to and taking advice from. And not try, I'm not, I shouldn't be trying to outsmart the people who are really playing the game well. Yeah. I, should be, I should be taking their advice more often. If you and, outsmart all of them, you'll be number one in the world, which would be awesome, but not likely. Right. And so I have this tendency sometimes to want to like zig when everyone else is zagging, but I, I've got it all wrong, you know, and I end up basically putting myself into like a conventional train of thinking where I'm not I'm not picking up the differential options because that's what these guys. I, I don't know. So it's like I, I it's like I, I just don't think myself a little bit and yeah. I don't I don't take good advice when it's there and I don't pick up players as early as I should uh, because I'm like, oh, everyone's already on that player. You know, like there's no, there's no value to be had there because everyone's on, you know, whomever, you know, Marcus Alonso. Is that a temptation too to swing big as opposed to take the other advice, which is your differential should just be on the margins? I mean, I, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is, yeah, it is swinging big. I want to, you know, I want to be like heading, 
I, I, I want to win the leagues and I want to be recognized for like the creative decisions. I'm it's like, I, just winning isn't enough for me. You know, <laughs> yes. it's like, I want to, I want to win, win your and, way. You're the I want to win my way. Exactly. You're the Pep Guardiola of the FPL. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, uh, you know, if it, if it doesn't work and you can't like get on board with the conventional thinking, then, yeah. um, or at least the insider thinking, whatever, uh-huh what the smart people are saying, then uh, you can really start to tumble down uh, the ranks, which is uh, definitely what happened to me the first half of the season. Yeah, I don't think I've made any any rotten decisions along those lines of the season, but what I what has really tripped me up is, is getting used to the new um, uh, value price algorithm this season. Mm-hmm. And you just look at a guy like Etienne Capoue, I remember having this discussion with Trevor, who was actually asking this question, um, where we brought in Capoue and he didn't score a goal for like the first week in a month. And we both commiserated and said, well, at least we'll make money off of him because everyone is still going to be bringing this guy in based on the forum tables. And mm-hmm. and then I just sat on him. I thought, well, he he'll, he's just money in the bank. And I totally missed the fact that a month later he just totally plummeted in value and i've seen this happen with a few of my players and now my team value is uh is cratered Mm -hmm. so yeah i think i think if i had any regret this season it's it's not playing the the value market as quickly as i should have yeah me too i i I, it's 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 a mistake i often make i've been too patient i think i start you start the season you're a little more sort of um I mean, you're just a little more on it and you make, you're able to make decisions more, more quickly. And there was a lot of uncertainty a month into the game. And I think I started putting off my transfer decisions until Friday night. And I, you know, bit point one by point one, my team value Mm -hmm. just, just started to. I also think I was going for really balanced midfield for a long time, as opposed to more top heavy midfield. A lot of people were bringing in, you know, two, two Liverpool midfielders and Alexis Sanchez early on. And I was still trying to find this like kind of middle path where I had players like Antonio and Raheem Sterling and, you know, a lot of like the six and 7 million players. And it would have been better off, I think just going with, with the players who were like just really tearing it up the first, you know, 10 weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh, interested to hear from you guys about what your biggest regrets are so far this season. I mean, this season is not over yet. We still have, well, like like 13, 13 weeks to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, hit us up on Twitter at Hail Cheaters or on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating if you have any regrets. Um, this next question is directed squarely at you, Josh, from Luke Thunberg. He asks, I uh, think we need a Stanislaus discussion, especially for people with Ibra still in their team. Yeah, and I think the, the, the question here is, you know, basically if you don't think the Stanislaus can just play – and you, the idea was that you could, you know, basically have three. You, you could have Ebro Sanchez, whomever, on your bench, and then you'd have you'd still feel the full eleven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Now it looks like um, he's just not totally out of favor, uh, which is very frustrating because uh, you never want to replace a player at that at that price range. I mean, I guess I'm probably just going to what's, stick what's with Stanislaus. Stanislaus value? How much? It's like five point two five. 5.3, it's, it's you know, it's it's not very high. Yeah. What about James Morrison, Josh? Can I sell you on a James Morrison today? Well, the problem is you're just you're just not going to get enough money for that for that move, you know? And so 
I think I'm probably still going to make the moves. At the very least, I'm going to make the uh, the Ebert Acosta move, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe I'll make another move. Maybe I won't. Um, and the, I just don't know that I I would I don't think I'd burn four because I don't know that anybody I could bring in that I would replace him with would get me the points that I would that I would drop from the the, the four points I would drop for dropping him. Right. So. Um, Although I guess if you're talking about zero points, then all you need is someone to get you four or five points to, to justify it. But uh, <laughs> at that price range, it's kind of tricky. I mean, I guess someone like Victor Moses actually sticks out as an as an as an you know, I mean Moses at home to Swansea. That's yeah. a good chance he get four or five points. I don't know against Alfie Mawson, the the greatest defender in the Premier League right now. I mean, you got to think there's a good chance he's going to get at least three points, right? So if you don't think the Santa Claus is going to play at all, then absolute worst case scenario, you burn four to turn Stanislaw into Moses, you lose one point, right? And if he gets you anything, an assist, a goal, whatever, then uh, the transfer's worth it. So, you know, it's, it might be worth the risk. Vlad Bugos says, Hail Cheaters! I just wonder whether there's a name for a fear I have. The fear of one of my FPL starters not starting in real life. For this round, it might be called Monrealophobia. Have mercy. <laughs> Vlad, Vlad has got uh, cheaters speak down, and I do appreciate that. Um, was Monreal injured? Kieran Gibbs was was not one of the shining lights uh, for the Arsenal. No, I think I think that he was maybe resting him for the Champions League fixture. Okay, uh, he does that sometimes. Uh, sometimes he'll rest uh, uh, his fullbacks. So um, I wasn't I wasn't totally surprised that happened. Uh, thankfully, I dropped Monreal the week before for. Uh, after Seamus Coleman, uh, Vlad. Speaking of these these um, fears, uh, it reminds me of a premonition I had about Arsenal going into this weekend. It was Thursday night, and I had it wasn't quite a lucid dream, but it was a very vivid dream of Theo Walcott uh, running very fast down the right hand flank and scoring a goal, and I just. I had this feeling that I didn't have these. I didn't have this dream for no good reason. That Walcott was definitely going to score. He got a yellow card instead. <laughs> and played less <laughs> it than didn't look minutes. that good. No, yep. It looked terrible. It did look terrible. That is, but that is. We the, all know that. We all know that feeling, though. It's you know, it's a minute before you know, in, on the East Coast here in the States, it's it's you know, it's before the ten o'clock fixtures, right? So it's like eight fifty nine, and you know, they start rolling in the lineups. And I don't know about you, but I, it's like. My my like heart is always in my throat as I like look at all the the lineups. You oh, know, I'm always yeah. just so nervous for you, you know. Ever do that any where you, read, you read the lineup and for whatever reason you just gloss over that player's name and you think it's yeah. not there. And oh, totally, yeah. Because sometimes they're weird; they're not in order, you know, or it's the the numbers are strange. Vlad, uh, if, you, if you think <laughs> that's bad, let's talk about this. This has happened to me at least once with Ed and Jekko, where it was a gamble to get him into the starting 11, and he was announced in the starting 11. And then there's an injury during the warm-up, and he uh, gets pulled yeah. before the game starts. So, I happened to a player on my team this year, I, I, on my fantasy team. I can't remember who that was now, but oh, that is the, that is the worst feeling. Yeah. Uh, uh, moving on, uh, Juicy Caria says, confused about these upcoming blanks, what to do with Alexis and Ibra? Hold on for now or perhaps get Mane and Costa instead before prices go down on Ibra and Alexis. So uh, we, we touched upon uh, a few of these issues, uh, but we haven't talked about Sadio Mane, who had an amazing game against Spurs 
And so you had a little bit in your bank. He's he's somebody that you could easily turn a guy like Deli Ali into. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how are you feeling about Liverpool considering the uh, fixtures that are coming up? Well, I, I mean, I don't love the Arsenal fixture. I know they just so they they play Leicester away in game week twenty six, and then they play Arsenal at home in game week twenty seven. Uh, the Leicester fixture is fine. Uh, I'm sure they'll win that game. Uh, the Arsenal fixture, I think, is a little tougher. It's not that I don't think that they'll win that game, but I don't necessarily see him. Although I, I mean, he scored a fantastic goal uh, the first match of the season, right at home to Arsenal. So, um, yep. yep. Or I, I should say so, at the Emirates. Yeah, yeah, it was like a great solo effort too um you would like liverpool though for game week 28 assuming burnley loses to the esteemed lincoln city in the fa cup uh, next weekend so if if liverpool's looking at playing during the the trepidatious game week eight i mean an early liverpool transfer not not a bad option yeah i mean i just don't know what like problem that solves really other than it's like solves your problem for one week i guess but I don't know. I I I don't. Yeah, and then they then they play Man City away uh, in game week twenty nine. So if they don't play in game week twenty eighth, then it's Man City away, and that's Everton at home, which is also not a fantastic fixture. I mean, that's a derby fixture. So uh, I don't know. I I mean, okay, fixtures aside, I still don't know what, how to feel about this this Liverpool team, right? I mean, they looked amazing in this two nothing win. I mean, they absolutely destroyed Spurs. Yeah, uh, Spurs never looked in it. But this is the same Liverpool team that lost two two away to Hull last week. So. I mean, like one game, all of a sudden, like we're totally convinced that they've like, you know, True. turned everything around. And I mean, that, and and it could it it could cut both ways. The the week off because they don't play in the FA Cup, it could be good because they'll be rested. They'll have a lot of training under their under their belt. But also, you come off of a great game, and you want to keep that form going, right? In exactly. Actual matches, so it, it is a question mark as to which team is going to show up in game week twenty six. Yeah, exactly. Um, of, of all these players, I guess Diego Costa is looking to be the best bet going into game week 26. So this is a question we talked about a little bit for the podcast. Uh, and actually, I guess uh, two people kind of ask the same question. So James Drury, our friend from the uh, uh, the surgery podcast, uh, says, uh, who is the uh, best option to change Sanchez out for or is it best to hold? Now, I, I've already said I'm planning to hold Sanchez. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not a Gilfie Sigurdsson owner, so the thing that's most appealing to me is Sigurdsson, uh, this is another thing that I, okay, so um, I need to to apologize to Ken Rooney for two things. I think it was, I think it was that Ken predicted that Swansea was going to blow Lester out, and also Ken had got on my back a long time ago for poo-pooing. Uh, Sigurdsson when he was going through his dry spell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay, I, I get it. I see Sigurdsson as a great FPL asset now, particularly going into game week 26. I love the idea of getting Sigurdsson in for <laughs> Sanchez, and then I end up with, you know, like at least $5 million in my pocket to spend elsewhere and uh, and beef up another midfielder. Um so is it Sigurdsson who's the best bet? I mean, we, we said before that Hazard, neither of us are, are that interested in picking him up. Yeah, I mean, Pedro possibly too, right? I mean, he's a very good form, very affordable. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, there just isn't any big heavy hitter like with a high price tag like Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, is the only other Kevin De Bruyne and Aiden Hazard, I guess, would be the two that stand out as really high priced midfielders that, mm-hmm. um, in terms of price tags, seem like a, a straight swap for Sanchez. Right. But neither of them, I think, look like really hot prospects. Um, you know, De Bruyne has just been very cold for totally for and not at his price. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the great benefit of getting Sanchez out is to, is to, is to beef up your team somewhere else. And mm-hmm. if you don't think you need to beef up anywhere, then just keep Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. All right. Scott Gilshannon chimes in. Does Hazard get another chance if you have Sanchez? So we just touched on that Scott in that. No, neither of us are buying uh, what Hazard is selling. Yeah, it's too, too mercurial for me. Uh, Siraj Garish says, Hashtag Team Evans or Team McCauley. We're both Team Evans, as we've established. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, we- I'm weirdly Team Evans, even though I, I literally am Team McCauley. Also, what are your thoughts on West Ham midfielders, given their good fixtures? Yeah, I was looking. I, I don't know if I was playing somebody in head-to-head recently, or I just was looking at somebody's team, but they had Mikel Antonio in their side, and I thought, oh, he's a fun player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, yeah. hasn't, he hasn't done anything uh, except he had a game uh, the one that, game with the three assists yeah right and that was right before Snodgrass came in um, but still I mean Snodgrass does make it a little more appealing given how great Antonio is as a header of the ball but mm-hmm. he's not been that involved yeah Lanzini I guess is the one who stands out right he's uh, yeah. he's six, 6.3 million uh, he's taken on a more prominent role it seems with, with Pyatt out uh, he's got uh, two goals and three assists in the last five games. Uh, nine points, nine points, and 13 points uh, are three of his five-point hauls. Uh, he also had two one-pointers around that. He also makes me think of the uh, classic double game weeks last season where I think Lanzini was uh, a pickup that a lot of people made. Cause West yeah, Ham, I had him. Yeah, yeah West I think Ham I got one. I got like one assist over three game weeks or something. Yeah, he does have a he does have a streaky way about him, but there mm-hmm. is I feel like there is some you, everyone can kind of sense there's something going on. Billich is super fired up. Uh West Ham is is quietly creeping back up into the top half of the table. Mm-hmm. I, I guess like, o- o- Obiang is super cheap, 4.4 million. He did pick up 13 points in game week 24. So that was a crazy goal that he scored that went through with like about 11 different players to get into. The yeah. Goal. Yeah. Snodgrass is, we talked about him last week a little bit. Uh, I like his price a lot. Um, I just, I, I guess I want to see a little bit more. I mean, he might end up on my team in the, over the next couple game weeks, but uh, I'm still not like a hundred percent sold on Snodgrass. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Uh, but still, I'm 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 a little bullish on West Ham right now, even though they have Chelsea coming up. Uh, I I like their midfield going forward. Uh, and uh, last question comes from Nick, uh, our good friend Trigger Lips uh, from the Transfer Hub uh, blog, which is fantastic, and you guys could all should all go check it out. Where you can also find the Always Cheating podcast. Um, so our friend Nick asks, any mention of Gabby Adini? The uh, great wonderkind over at Southampton. He's the new Charlie Austin. He's yeah. got a Charlie Austin price, and he's delivering Charlie Austin returns. Uh, and so he's, the got the about, Pele, he's got the Pele uh, 
uh, nationhood status. The thing about Gabadini is I just haven't seen him play yet. Have you have you actually seen him play? I mean, I've seen the highlights. So yeah, I, I don't right. have I don't have any great uh, idea of how he looks off of the ball. Yeah, I just don't have I don't have a line on him yet. You know, I just I mean I, I like the price. I like I like his his performance. I mean, he's a you know I know he's a twenty five year old striker comes from Italy. Uh, I think he was part of the Juve system at some point, and uh, you know it's very much like Premier League twenty sixteen that like a team like Southampton just can acquire a 25 year old, you know, yeah. uh, starter or at least player on the Italian national team. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, you can't argue with three goals in two games. Um, and, uh, I but guess the problem is, is he's blanking in game week 26 and he's like getting, yeah. he's in coming into our minds at exactly the wrong time. Like he would be a slam dunk transfer if Southampton weren't blanking in 26 and they're scheduled to play Manchester United in game week 28. And of all the Premier League teams that I think should be a lock to win their FA Cup fixture, it could be Manchester United. Right. And then in 29's game, uh, Spurs away. So I guess if you, you know, like a short term punt would be those game weeks 30 through 32. Um, but which by then we'll have a better read on him too. I mean, you know, maybe he turns into some fixture-proof Charlie Austin-type player, you know? Yeah. So you would think if he, if Gabbiadini is shooting up in value going into game week 26, I wouldn't worry about it too much because right. he'll probably get sold back down to yeah. where he is now. Couldn't it be a good double game week player? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're loading up in the midfield. Uh, excellent. Do we have any other questions? That's it. We ran through them all. Okay. Uh, well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and make some predictions about these FA Cup fixtures coming up. All right, let's do it. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Joshua. Uh, everything hinges for Game Week 28 on what's going on in the FA Cup. So Saturday, February 18th, these Premier League squads will be uh, playing. Right. Burnley hosts Lincoln City. Never heard of them. Huddersfield ta- Town is hosting Manchester City. Middlesburger okay. hosts Oxford. Possible upset there. <laughs> Possible. H- Huddersfield Town's been pretty good this year. They're in the championship. They're uh, they're coached by uh, Jurgen Klopp, disciple. Wow, they're dropping some Huddersfield knowledge. Well done, Josh. Uh, the Burger hosts Oxford United. Uh, Leicester will be away to Millwall. That that might be. That's probably a loss. Yeah, it could be a loss for the Foxes. And then Chelsea are away at Wolverhampton. Um, so here, here, of these, here yeah. of, of these fixtures, you're saying maybe Manchester City could be headed for, for an upset. It's, it's unlikely, but I, I, I think the, the, the surest upset here is Millwall. If it's even an upset, Millwall over uh, Leicester City. Uh, on Sunday, February 19th, uh, Fulham at Craven Cottage is going to host the London rivals Tot- Tottenham Hotspur. Not, mm-hmm. a, not a huge rivalry, but still a London derby. Yeah, are you going to watch this one? Uh, yeah, you know, I should. Uh, there's a good Fulham F- NYC group that meets often at the Football Factory. So if any Fulham fans are listening who are here stateside, let me know. Uh, and then Manchester United is playing Blackburn Rowers. We were talking a little bit about the depth of these Premier League squads. And, of course, they... They're all far deeper than the lower league squads that they're playing. Mm-hmm. But Manchester United, 
they weirdly have this this great bench that they could throw yeah. at Blackboard. Blackboard. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Schweinsteiger's going to take them all down. <laughs> but just even guys like like a defense with uh, Darmian and Rojo, who both are, have been losing minutes recently, you can field them. They're very strong defenders. Marcus Rashford will probably deserve a start. You've got Wayne Rooney that can come out, and assuming he's healthy, and... Uh, you know, do some do some damage against Blackburn. So I feel like United are going to walk through this uh, fixture. Yeah, and then Sutton United Arsenal. Uh, I mean, God, you know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if Sutton found a way to win that game. No. I guess if I were going to predict one upset outside of the Leicester Millwall match, I would. I guess I would predict Huddersfield defeating Manchester City. Manchester maybe wouldn't take them seriously enough. I don't know. That's that's the best I can do. Yeah, and City is under a lot of pressure, I mean, maybe to make a title challenge, but also just to solidify the top four status. Right, exactly. And they have Champions League, too, so, you know, it's... That's true. Yeah. Well, so we'll know more. We'll be back next week to uh, discuss uh, more what actually happened this weekend, so we'll know who's playing in Game Week 28. That's going to help us make informed (laughs) transfers going into 26. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, this is kind of a scattered episode, but hopefully uh, people enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week with a with a more solid look at uh, the weeks to come. And actually, we'll know more, too, next week about Game Week 28. So we'll uh, you know, be ready to talk about that in depth, too. All right, gang. Don't forget to subscribe. Always cheating. We're on iTunes, where you can give us a rating and review if you like what you hear. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn FM, wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter. Twitter is at HailCheaters, uh, Facebook.com slash AlwaysCheating. And you can send us an email, HailCheaters at gmail.com. You can also support the podcast on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCheating. And Brandon, my throat is officially about to go. So I am, I'm, I'm signing myself off right now. Oh, he's gone. And I'll say Hail Cheaters. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.